When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. It is 10.24 here on SENZ Mornings with Smithy. Smithy under the weather, unfortunately, so not here. But luckily, we do have uh, Jamie Wall and Guy Havelt with us. Uh, G'day, gentlemen. How are we? Yeah, very well, thank you. Morning, morning, Ricardo. Uh, morning, and congratulations, Guy. Must have been a good weekend. <laughs> I, I was, I was just about to say it's uh, brave of you, Ricardo, to be putting Jamie and I together. But uh, no, good sentiments from you, mate. It was a cracking final. Uh, I thought, I thought it was a good game, uh, and um, you know, the Crusaders dominated the first half. If the Blues had have got to half time, six 0 down, I think it might have been a different. Different second half and maybe a different game, but uh, yeah, they uh, the Crusaders just dominated again, didn't they? They were clinical when it mattered, and uh, it was from a personal point of view anyway, great to watch. Yeah, well, that was the thing, wasn't it, Jamie? That the the Crusaders did so well, they just they strangled the Blues. The Blues just couldn't get any ball, and they couldn't get any front football going forward. They really throttled them, and that you know the turnover situation where the Blues have been so good this year at, at winning other people's ball, they just couldn't get near it, and uh, I mean. As well as the Crusaders play, I, you know, there were people saying yesterday here, you know, the Blues didn't turn up. I don't think that's entirely true because I don't think there were too many teams that could have faced what they faced in that first half and only been 13-0 down at half time. So I think defensively they definitely showed up. They just couldn't get any ball. Yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. But, I mean, I, to me, I think, and I tweeted this out um, last night and had a few people agreeing with me, I feel like the Crusaders won that game before they'd even step on the field Mm. Um, it felt like they knew exactly what the Blues were going to do especially at line out time um, and uh, obviously put in a massive effort at the scrum Uh, and so the Blues had just had absolutely nothing to work with uh, right from the word go and um, it was it was just amazing sitting there watching it up in the the media box uh, because every time the 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 Crusaders would punch a line out there'd just be like an audible gasp of like how is this happening Mm. you know how how are they knowing what's what's coming and you know like we were joking about it afterwards uh you know but i mean i'm sort of thinking about it now i mean you know where the blues train down at alexandra park there's a lot of high-rise apartments around there <laughs> that you could you could maybe you could maybe get an airbnb up there for a week i'm thinking and you know you rent one of those out for a week you get yourself a decent telescope or pair of binoculars or something i don't know i'm just putting it out there yeah i'm just putting it out there yeah. But to be honest, I mean, you know, like that, again, it's a bit of a joke. But I think what they, they definitely have done is watched a hell of a lot of the film um, of the Blues 
uh, line out and they just decided like we're just going to make this the, the, the worst night of Kurt Eklund's life unfortunately and and he's copping a lot of blame for this I don't think that's fair because you know the line out is a, a four-man operation um, and someone in the blues perhaps even Eklund himself should have just said after about 20 minutes like, man let's just change this up we need to do something just just because we're just getting absolutely pummeled here um, and and yeah, I just I just think that it was as a spectacle, um, it, it was just a bit of a shame. Uh, obviously, you know, congratulations, Crusaders. They obviously deserved one, and they played really really well. And it would have been a really good fun game to to play in because they are the most fun games when you know right from the start that your plan is working, and as long as you can just keep going for the whole time, you're going to win the game and you're going to win a title, and and that, that must feel really good. Uh, just you know, obviously from the, the, the big crowd in and everything, it, 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 awesome atmosphere before kickoff, but that it just kind of got flattened out like really quickly, uh, which is a little bit of a shame. Um, and it would have been nice if the Blues could have been in it, you know, just from a neutral point of view. That uh, the competition this year deserved a big final, like got a big venue. It deserved a, a, a big game. Um, you know, like I said, no disrespect to the Crusaders, but I don't think people are going to be really looking back on this one with any degree of fondness um, like some of the other great great finals in the past. No, the most dominant performance by a team in red and black since last time you ran around for the uh, Paneki Senior Reserves, I'd think, probably, Jamie. Is that correct? <laughs> well, we, we're going back a few years now. Um, but, yeah, yeah we, we definitely put on some, some good ones back in the day, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, Guy, there's been a lot of um, people giving Razor grief about the way he celebrated. Um I, where where are you on the, on the breakdance? The only thing I can criticise him for is not having any new moves after five years. What about you? I absolutely love it. I absolutely yeah yeah yeah. Give me the floor if you don't mind. Give me the floor. Uh, I love every second of it. I love everything about it. I think it shows the culture that that team has. I think it shows the respect that he has from his players and and amongst that whole environment and that whole franchise. Um, I think it just shows that there's an element of enjoyment and fun in that whole team. And, you know, I'm not one of these to sit here straight away and say, make him the All Blacks coach because, um, you know, because he's the GOAT and that sort of thing. I think he'd be a great All Blacks coach, but I think that's still slightly unfair on Ian Foster, who hasn't had an easy start to his All Blacks reign. In saying that, I I just think it speaks volumes to the kind of guy that, that Scott Robertson is, that, um, you know, he can do that. And I see a couple of comments from people saying that, he is taking the gloss off the players and that sort of thing. Well, go and ask any of those Crusaders players if they don't enjoy seeing Razor dance around after they've won a title. I can guarantee you every single one of them would love seeing that and it would probably be a big part of their night to know that they have given that guy uh, a title and a chance to be able to do that. So, yeah, um, more than happy to talk about it for the rest of the show if you like. Uh, I bloody love it, and of course, whenever that happens, that means that the Crusaders have won a title, so happy day. Happy days indeed. As I, as I did see someone uh, pithily tweet, he's only five Super Rugby t- uh, titles away from being considered for the All Black coaching job, so we'll have to, uh, we'll, get to we'll get to that one after the latest in news and sport with Araha, which is right now. The panel. Jamie Wall and Guy Havel joining me on the panel today, and I think we can uh, all agree, Guy, 
And uh, Jamie, we've talked enough Crusaders winning the Super Rugby title. Uh, so let's move on to a few other things. Uh, Black Ferns, 50-6 over the USA. They cleaned up the Canadians as well. That's third and fourth in the world in terms of the world rankings. So fourth and fifth in the world in the world rankings. Uh, does this mean the Black Ferns are back? Or we, are we not going to know until they actually play the French or the Poms again, Jamie? Yeah, I don't think we're going to know until then because, the, you know, with all due respect to the teams that came over for the Pacific Tour Series, they're not fully professional teams. They they don't have the same amount of resources as England and France do. Um, clearly don't have the same resources as even the Blackburns do. Uh, so th- these were good stepping stones for the Blackburns. We saw some good stuff out of them. Um, I, I was at that game in Auckland um, last Sunday against... Uh, Canada, and one of the most pleasing aspects of that is they'd sort of dug themselves a bit of a hole at half time. They were only up 6 0 uh, with uh, a very strong breeze behind them. So, you know, it was it was looking pretty dicey um, then because Canada had actually sort of done all right in that game. Um, and then they turned around and really flipped the switch and, and scored, I think it was, um, you know, 26 unanswered points to, to run away and win that game and then carried on that momentum into this game on Saturday, uh, which should never have been put on at that time slot. I'm not sure what on earth they were thinking, uh, because they knew the Super Rugby final was going to be that day. That game should have been moved to Sunday when you would have had a better crowd and more eyes on the TV uh, to watch it, but that's another issue. Um, uh, And they carried on that momentum, and even though they'd made, I think, half a dozen changes to the team, and you had another whole run of players making their debuts, uh, everything seemed to click into place. So that was really pleasing that, that, that they're building. You know, you can look at each game and say, well, you know, they'd sort of set themselves some targets in the first game. They achieved them. They'd set themselves some targets in the second game and achieved them. And then by the third one, it's like, yeah, now we're looking at what we, ex- what we all know and love about the Black Ferns, which is a really dominant performance and playing some pretty open and uh, running rugby. Uh, despite the wet conditions, um, and big smiles on the faces, and a team that's really happy to be winning. And dealing with them um, has been has been really cool. It's been awesome um, having Wayne Smith in there. I think he's brought you know a whole lot of uh, confidence. And from what I've heard, that the, the the mood in the camp is 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 very very different uh, now, and and quite positive. And you know, it, I'm I'm still not 100% convinced that they, they're going to. You know, they can win the World Cup, but at least they're heading in the right direction now, and um, you know they've got a really good core cool group of players. So it's just pretty pretty pleasing. Yeah, very pleasing. Now, to be fair, I am really surprised that we managed to get Guy Havelt on the panel today, given that we have Lydia Ko uh, at the pointy end of an LPGA Tour event and the final round of the US Open on as well. But Guy, uh, we we should talk a bit of golf. I tell you what, I've I've found a new favourite player to follow. That is Grayson Murray. He uh, finished uh, 10, <laughs> 10 over for the day, 18 over for the tournament, but they uh, duff the putt, throw the putter in the long grass, retrieve it, and then snap it over your knee. Feels feels exactly like how I play golf. I was about to say, welcome to my world, Grayson Murray. Um, yeah, uh, quite quite the show from him, uh, especially when you when you're so far last and you know you're not you're not really playing for a lot at that stage. Uh, but what a tournament it's been uh, this year itself, and just quickly actually. Lydia Ko finishing one shot uh, outside the playoff on the LPGA Tour. Uh, another incredibly strong performance from her that, that we just keep getting used to. But 
um, we should probably still marvel at because any time you can finish in the top five or a top ten in a top-level tour event is, is remarkable. So she just continues to do outrageous things. But, yeah, this, this men's US Open has been a superb watch, and I love it when the best players in the world go to a golf course that just puts them through hell. Uh, and I, I, it's actually remarkable that I think it's Matt Patrick who, well, he does lead. I think he's on six under at the moment playing the last. Uh, you know, for someone who's six under around that course over four rounds is absurd, absolutely absurd. Uh, it has been such a brutal, tough test for these players. And to see the best players in the world struggle, uh, I think is, is what got maybe not week in, week out, but I think we need to see more of it in golf. Uh, it's fantastic to see them really put their games to the test. So I think they're coming down the last at the moment. Fitzpatrick with a one-shot lead, and then Zalatoris, who looks exactly like Happy Gilmore's caddy, uh, and the world number one, Scotty Scheffler, one shot back. So yeah, I'm I'm remark I'm I'm uh, amazed that you managed to get me on this morning as well. But uh, here we are. I'm keeping an eye on it while I'm talking to you. Yeah, nice mate, nice work, uh, gentlemen. We've got the Warriors. Um, coming back home in a couple of weeks, the international breakers now, they lost 40-6 to six to the Panthers and they only scored that six in the last 10 minutes of the game. Uh, my question to you, Jamie, is given you know the, uh, the historical uh, fandom of New Zealanders with the West Tigers because of people like Gary Freeman and that, that great team of the late 80s, how many orange and black jerseys versus how many Warriors jerseys do you think there'll be at that homecoming? Oh, there'll be plenty. But, I mean, to be fair, that's not any different to the way the Warriors have been in the past. The good thing about going to a Warriors game is that there's always pretty healthy support for teams like West Tigers or, or Bulldogs or Broncos or Manly uh, at the Warriors home games just because of the, um, you know, there, there are some of us out there who are old enough to uh, have been around when before the Warriors existed and so had the, uh, have the pleasure of being able to actually support other, t- other teams. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think there'll be a bit of support there. there. There might be a bit of support from jaded Warriors fans who maybe um, just want to hedge their bets a little bit because at the moment, like, well, I, I can't see them even winning that game. Um, but really, I think this week, if we're going to be talking rugby league, we've got a test match on. Uh, so we actually two test matches. You know, we've got the Kiwi Ferns making their uh, return to international play um, since, the, since the COVID break. So that's going to be really... Fantastic, um, real reward for some players that have shown, you know, showed real, real commitment, um, and have done it, done it pretty tough. Uh, a lot of them have gone and played in the NRLW, which was like a big, really big commitment. So, really, really looking forward to the, watching the Kiwi Ferns play. And then we've got a very, very good Kiwis team um, coming out. That you know, we're, we've got a World Cup coming up for later in the year, and so this is going to be a real marker for them against, um, you know, Tongan side that's going to get some, some huge support at Mount Smart. So it's a really big couple of weeks for, for rugby league in the, in the country. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I want the Warriors to win. I want them to get a big, big crowd there. But it's just so, they've just made it so hard uh, to get excited about them in the, in the last sort of month or so. It's just been bad news story after bad news story. So I think that they can just, I think it's just such an, uh, uh, the one positive story out of it is that they've got this homecoming thing. So, just hopefully they can use it as a way to just kind of reset and, and, and make something out of the rest of the season before they have to go into an off-season, which will be the same old stories about finding coaches, finding players, um, and, you know, kind of drumming up interest in, you know, what I'm sure about in about February of next year we're going to be hearing about how this is our this is our year again uh, for Warriors fans. So they need to give a reason for people to start 
um, believing in that delusional fantasy. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, yeah, yeah, it's our year. It reminds me of that Tui billboard, you know, the year right. Uh, we used to we used to give Andrew <laughs> Mulligan stick about it when every every time he said it was the Hurricanes' year. Uh, but uh, but there you go. That's a, that's a whole other conversation, guy. Yeah, well, at least at least at least he got that one right once. Oh, yeah, well, true. He did. The, you know, what's 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 that old Chinese proverb? Even a broken watch is right twice a day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when it comes to Mills, uh, guy, we're going to see more Tigers jerseys or more Warriors jerseys on the homecoming. Oh, more Warriors jerseys in an absolute heartbeat. Look, this this will just show something remarkable that the Warriors have, despite how rubbish they are on the park and how much of a mess they are off the park, this team has the most unbelievable amount of support. And they will come home, whatever, I can't, what is their record? Record is whatever it is, atrocious. They keep losing, but they will come home. And granted, it's, it's a game that hasn't happened at Mount Smart for what? Two years, more than two years. Um, so there's that element to it. But they will come home to, I would imagine, probably the best atmosphere we've had in New Zealand sport for that two years, possibly even longer. Uh, the place will be absolutely rocking. And to me, that is just remarkable that they are so rubbish on and off the park and they will come home and they'll have this remarkable crowd. And it will be a hell of a night. And look, I, I, I think there is so much that needs to be done off the field. I think there's obviously so much that needs to be done on the field. I think they're a laughing stock, but I hope they get a win. Uh, I, I think that it would just be awesome to see them win that game in front of their home fans on their homecoming and see Mount Smart rocking again. I know it won't save their season, um, and it might not even save them going forward very much, but... Uh yeah, I think that'd be awesome to see. Now, they're 4-11 this season, and they have the worst defence in the competition. Uh, they have given up 53 more points than the next worst defence in the NRL, which uh, says something. Uh, gentlemen, just before I let you go, uh, something that FINA did today, which I found interesting, uh, FINA, the international swim body, Jamie, have uh, voted to restrict transgender athletes from competing in a, uh, elite women's events, but they have said they will create an open category at FINA events for transgender athletes to compete in. What's uh, your take on this? Oh, God, I was hoping we were going to run out of time before we got to this one. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is obviously an incredibly complicated issue that we're not going to be able to cover in, in the, the remaining time we've got. And it's something that really should be being, a discussion that should be being led by the people who are most involved in it, which is transgender people and female sports sports people who compete at elite level sport and I'm not one of either of those categories but it's interesting though that you just mentioned that it's being framed up on one side as being a way of excluding transgender athletes uh, whereas FINA are saying it's actually the first step to including them and that's how confusing the whole thing is is that any sort of decision around this is going to cause some sort of argument um, to be honest I don't I don't know <laughs> Like how how this is gonna how this is gonna play out? I, I really couldn't tell you um, because uh, you know I like I said it, it, it's really hard to have a voice in this when you're not directly affected by it. But I think the one thing we should always keep in mind about this is this is really it gets sort of put under this category of transgender people in sports. Like it's it's not it's not that it's about trans women playing women's sports. And we should always keep that front of mind um, uh, when we when we talk about this sort of stuff because I think when we start talking about it in that sense, then we're going to get a hell of a lot closer to a definitive kind of answer or or, or opinion on it. So yeah, it, it's 
it's, it's a messy one. It's, it is a messy one, Guy. Uh, I mean, I think Jamie summed that up pretty well, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Uh, I'm going to be quick because I want to go and see the end of the golf. Um, <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, look, I, I think I think until we get the science bang on, I don't think it's fair to let them compete against um, against cis females. Um, so I think give it a few more years. In saying that, I think this is going to be the norm going forward. So uh, we need to get it right before it does happen. Uh, and I think FINA is doing it the right way at the moment. Yeah, good stuff. Well said, guys. Uh, thanks very much for your time. That has been the panel here on SENZ Mornings with Smithy. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.